You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so let's move on. We were talking about off-season alternate routes. And I think that if we just move on to the significance of this lottery that's coming up on Tuesday. It in and of itself is an alternate route. Now, I don't think it's one that until it actually happens and until we actually know what comes of it is something that we can bank on or say, because it's a lottery. It's we don't know. We just do not know right now as we talk, as we speak right now. But can we put into context the significance of it? Obviously, Victor Wimbanyama is at the top there, and that's what's around the that's sort of what's around the corner there. If you get that number one overall pick, it it sort of solidifies what your plan is for the future. Like, what are the Rockets doing? What are the Rockets? Who are the Rockets? Will they get that number one pick? We got the answer. They they are Victor Wembanyama's team, and just figuring out how to build around that guy. But as we know. It, there's a much greater percent chance that they don't get that. It's, you know, like somewhere around 14% that it happens, closer to 86% that it doesn't. Okay, roundabout, give or take. So understanding that and knowing that, how would you articulate the significance of this moment in which they cannot control? And what is sort of your idea as we're talking about alternate routes? What is sort of your idea if let's just go down the line, if they get the two pick, I feel like we're pretty sure that that's Scoot Henderson, but say that they're outside the top three. And I feel like we've talked about this before as well, but as we're closer to it now, how do you see this playing out? What What is the significance of this very moment? Well, obviously it's, it's hugely significant because you are looking at landing probably a generational type talent. And I, I don't think, I, I think he is probably, the most anticipated guy to enter the draft since LeBron James 20 years ago. So, I mean, there you go. That's where you get into the generational stuff. That's you have a 14% chance of that happening. Now, if they don't get him all is not lost because I, I do think that once you get to two and three, those are two really good players also with Henderson and with Miller. And they, so they've got a 40% chance basically of staying in the top three. That's that's what they're looking at. So I, I know that the focus has been on one just because of how transcendent he is, but two and three, and that's not a bad consolation either. So if you can somehow you know, stay within that top three, I think you're happy. This is what, if I said, hey, you're not getting women, Yana. You're not getting one, but I'll give you three. I'll give you two or I'll give you three. Are you taking it? You lose your chance of of one, but you get two or three. You don't fall further than third. Are you taking that? You taking that deal? 
losing my chance. So if I don't take it, I still have my chance at one. Then no. Well, yeah. Right. Based based off of your scenario, if I if I if I decline, I still do reserve my chance. chance. But yes, you have your fourteen percent chance. Well, I love this. Yeah, yeah, no, paint it again. Let the because I wasn't wasn't ready for this. Let's do this again. Paint it again because I wasn't ready, but I thought about this. Do it again. You're you're giving me the 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 opportunity. Hey, you're you're eliminating. So so here's what it is. You either get one. Or you get two and three. You, you get a you get your fourteen percent chance for one, or you're guaranteed two and three. Those are your two choices. So you can either roll the dice on one, your fourteen percent, or I'm giving you, I'm giving you two or three. Oh man, this is this is a, a very much why I don't gamble, and a, a testament to my poor judgment. But I, I am. Especially if I maintain my my same odds that I would have without this scenario, and, and just you know the fourteen percent, and still have the forty percent of getting the top three, yeah. like all. Like, no, no, it's either fourteen percent on one, okay, or, or you get two, two or three. Yeah, oh, all right. I'm an idiot if I if I if I say the thing that I want to say. You know, you know the. I respect you, know the, you know the impulsive side of me actually wants to say, and I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. The hell with it. I, there are no ramifications. I'm not in charge here. Hell with it. I'm I'm going for that opportunity, for that chance to get that generational talent, the guy that has not been uh, the type of prospect that we have not seen in 20 years. In Victor Wembanyama, I, I still want that chance and that opportunity. But I I do love this scenario and this idea. Because the next two players, if you can guarantee me one of those next two players, you're also guaranteeing that you're raising. I I feel like at least raising the floor of the Rockets in an alternate way, you know, a non-James Harden way. Like one of those players could, I feel like, make you better sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later. Later, even though they are a rookie themselves and would be somebody that needs some development. So I, I think that is interesting. And I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like Henderson and Miller would probably go number one in any other draft. Like if you yeah. put those two guys in last year's draft, they probably go number one. I don't know if I can guarantee something like that, but I feel pretty confident in saying that they would go number one if this were last year's draft. I would put it like this, and and, and I'm not I'm not sure about that either. I would tend to agree, but the way I've looked at it. Like when I, whenever I look at a mock or think about the players that could go at the top of the draft, I feel pretty confident saying that after Victor, those are the last two guys that I feel pretty confident saying that if not the best player on a championship caliber team, they could be one of the two best players on a championship caliber team someday. There's not really another player in this draft that I feel like, and, and that's, that's not to say that he doesn't exist, but that I feel like, confident saying hey that guy that guy could be a number two or a a part of a big three on a championship caliber team you know michael porter jr floor type of thing and and hey you know maybe he's jason tatum or jalen brown type of level player uh caliber player like that that that's where the list for prospects in this draft ends for me is after the top three with brandon with you know scoot henderson and brandon miller you know it's hard because like the Thompson twins, I think most people would have it as the four, fourth and fifth. And yeah. they played they played in the overtime elite, which nobody saw. 
Um, Anthony Black was okay in Arkansas. Jerry, then you're getting into Jarris Walker and Taylor Hendrick, you know. So the the level of prospect it, it does take a dip. And a lot of the, a lot of these guys we really didn't see once you got into March. Like, you know, Cam Whitmore is the ninth pro- I'm going by Kevin O'Connor's big board. Cam, Cam yes, Cam Whitmore ninth. Cam Whitmore at Villanova didn't make the NCAA tournament. Taylor Hendricks is eighth at, UC, at uh, Central Florida. They didn't make the NCAA tournament. We saw I saw a lot of Jarris Walker. To me, Jarris Walker could be a really good NBA player, but he's not like a franchise changing type guy. And he said yeah, he's, he's and, like he's like Robert Williams or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably a pretty decent comparison for him. So that's why. For me, if it's me, I'm thrilled to just stay in the top three. And I would be more than happy to take that. Now, here here comes the question. Now, obviously, if they wind up with one, we know who they're taking. That's an easy one. But what if they wind up with two? That's where, to me, things get really interesting. And I think that's where the decisions come. So if, if they wind up at two, do you take Henderson and just let him roll at point guard. And then what does that do when it comes to Harden? Because like, are, are you, if you sign the draft comes before free agency, but I think that they'll have a pretty good idea of what James Harden is going to do by the time we get to the draft. So that's just how this works. You know, teams tamper teams, teams, they'll, they'll know, they'll know what he wants to do. So are you passing on Scoot Henderson at two because you're going to have James Harden or do you like Brandon Miller enough? To me, I really like Brandon Miller. I think that he has skills that are really hard to find. I think that he's the type of player that's really difficult to find. So for me, I'm going with Brandon Miller, but I, I do think that if they decide to go with Henderson, what would that do with the pursuit of Harden? And does that change anything with what they want with Harden? Because obviously we know next year is an important year. So do you want to you know, waste bullets essentially by going with Harden and then drafting uh, Henderson. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Does the answer not depend on a lot of, like, what do you think Scoot Henderson is? Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. You, you know, because to me, if Scoot Henderson is is what he's billed as and what I think a lot of people think he is, to me, that would almost, in a lot of ways bail you out of needing Harden like I don't I, I feel like with Scoot Henderson like Harden can obviously provide some things that Scoot Henderson especially not off the rip without having never played an NBA game can simply just not provide for you that I know Harden can provide for you I get it but he is a point he is like of the ilk of point guard and of course the athleticism is off the charts and him as a prospect like he could be an elite player in the NBA and like you pair him with Jalen green, like all of a sudden 
if like if the pick is Scoot Henderson or if he's right there available to you, to me, it does change the calculus of how badly you even need James Harden. And then to me, it's a question of, okay, is being able to address this specific need through the draft and especially with a player of the caliber of Scoot Henderson, does that mean now that I can spend this money a lot more freely, like whatever combination, let's say that there is a combination of free agents that they like that maybe they could spend the money that they would give Harden, say the max. I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know what Harden would exactly cost, but let's say Harden costs the max, but there's a combination of free agents that they might want to spend that money on and they draft Scoot Henderson. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a better, certainly long-term play when you talk about the development of young players, but maybe even a not so bad short-term play as well. I, I think it is. I don't think it's a great short-term play because we've seen the last two years what it's like having an inexperienced point guard, and it's not great. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of losses. And when they're kind of in, I'm not going to say they're in win now mode, but they are certainly in a we need to win mode. And to me, I don't know if having another rookie point guard or another inexperienced point guard is going to help them win basketball games. So. Now that's a short-sighted decision. Now, if if you're sitting there and saying, you know what, I think that Henderson is a better player moving forward than Miller, but I want to win games this year, so we're going to take Miller instead. I don't think that's a smart way of going about it. But that's where that's where the Harden thing becomes really interesting. And so, I, I I'm very I kind of want to see them get two, just because I want to see what they would do with it. I'm I'm more just for a curiosity standpoint. I want to see them get to because I I just want to see what the approach would be and what direction that they would go with that. And if they get one, then that's an easy decision. They're taking the center. All right. So you've actually sold me on that being a more interesting question and thing to look at and observe when we go into this. So since we've addressed that already, let's go back to a, a question and we can get out on this, but it's one that we've, already addressed on the podcast previously, but I want to revisit just as I've kind of thought it through a little bit more. We've talked about what happens if they fall out of the, outside of the top three. And you've mentioned, and I'm with you on this, I feel like they'd be more inclined to want to trade that pick if they fall outside of the top three. Fair enough. But I'm also looking at it, and when I'm thinking about the Thompson twin and, and black from, uh, from Arkansas. Like, I'm like, Hey, you know what? I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's still not a guy that could help that, that could not help them. You know, like I, I get the obvious argument for packaging that pick to go get a star, you know, package it for a star that's maybe disgruntled or that's on his way out. You know, you know, Jalen Brown whispers, something like that. I get it. And, and certainly if you can do that, I'm not saying that either of these Thompson twins or some kid out of college is worth passing up on an opportunity to get Jalen Brown. That That's not what I'm saying. But I do think that it's, you know, it's it's worth at least thinking about players even beyond the ones that you think could be franchise players, just to think about how they could be supporting cast members with players that you expect to take the next step, like a Jalen Green and like a Jabari Smith. So, could Amon Thompson or um, or or Black from uh, from Arkansas could, like could one of these guys actually be somebody that uh, that that could help this team? Are are you dead set on trading out of that pick 
if it's outside of the top three or is there a player at all outside of the top three that would be worth draft drafting in the top five let's say i wouldn't be dead set against it but if they didn't owe the pick to oklahoma city next year that changes everything like if they if they were in full control of their draft for 2024 and they could afford to go through another rough year, a year where you know maybe they're not losing 60 games, maybe they lose 50 games, then it becomes a little bit more acceptable where you can you know be a little more organic with the build and you can still kind of try to continue to build through the draft. But because of that pick going to Oklahoma City, to me, I think it changes how they approach things. Um, now that being said, let's say you sign Harden, you sign a couple of other guys, and let's say you want to improve your defense. So you draft Jarris Walker. I think Jarris Walker comes in day one and he helps you. I think that he certainly makes you a better team. Um, he's got to become a better rebounder, but that's besides the point. But I, I do think that, but so he he'll help you, but does he, is he enough? Like, is he the type of guy that's going to help you win enough games? Not just in, in uh, the 2023-2024 season, but in years to come to where you're kind of okay with maybe losing a top, you know, five to eight pick to Oklahoma City next year. So I think it's, I'll be interested to hear from Rafael Stone uh, if we're able to talk to him before the draft or after the lottery, but like, is your off season, do you change anything this off season that maybe you would have ordinarily done because Oklahoma City, not only not only does Oklahoma City kind of control your draft next year, but they also have it in 25 with the pick swap and then also in 2026. So that's where this thing becomes complicated. And you know, when they say that we are now in stage two of the rebuild or whatever Tillman Fertitta uh, said uh, during the Udoka press conference, I think that that basically to them means, okay, it's time to start winning. I think that you could say we're still in stage one if they own their 2024 first round pick. You know what? It it's really an interesting parallel with the with the two Houston professional sports franchises that haven't been good for a while now, or at least for the last few years now. Because when you think about it, like not only have they not been good for a few years, not only has there been some level of dysfunction associated with them not being good for a few years, and, and not only are both of them now entering a season with a new head coach, okay. Um, that's yeah, certainly the situation is a little bit different with the Texans, but even for the Rockets, it's a different head coach from when they started, honestly started their rebuild. Like they are also in a position now going into their upcoming seasons where the rebuild kind of has to be over. Like it, they are not really allowed, whether they're going to be bad or not is its own question. And they'll, they'll be the ones to determine that. But from a, just a practical Hey, here's how resources have lined up and how they're allocated and and what it all means. They can't be bad. Yeah. They just cannot, or they can't be a certain level of bad. You know, like they've there is a certain level of improvement that both the Houston Texans and the Houston Rockets have to attain, not just because they're a few years into this sort of process, but also because of what the picks where the picks are. The, the decisions that have been made and, and, you know, for the Texans, it's the choice that they just made at the draft trading away next year's their own first round pick next year for the chance to, to move up and draft Will Anderson. 
And then for the Rockets, it's what you just articulated. It's that, hey, you know, you don't really have your, you don't really control your draft next year, you know, after this upcoming season. So you kind of have to, for your own sake, uh, on the one side to not aid your own opponent and for the other side, just because it just does not reward you or benefit you in any way, you now have to be good. Like it's, it's a very interesting thing that they would be sort of on these parallel tracks from the beginning of their rebuilds and, and the dysfunction and now to the end of it, the, the forced end of it and what that actually means. It's like, Hey, you know, you gotta be good now, young, ready or not. Like it's gotta, it's the, the clock is ticking and, and you kind of gotta make it happen now. And the thing with the Rockets, though, they've known for years that this was going to be the year. Yeah. Because they, everything was aligned with the cap space. They knew that the pick, that the 2024 first round pick was probably going to go to Oklahoma City. So they have been planning for the last couple of years that, hey, once we get to summer 2023, that's where we really have to start pushing the chips in. The Texans kind of did it by choice on the fly. The Rockets have known really ever since they started this process that this was going to be the year. 